Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel unloved by the people around you? In today's message, Pastor Jim teaches you about the dynamic between Leah and Rachel, two sisters who were treated very differently by their husband, Jacob. Rachel was the favorite wife, but Leah was able to bear sons, so she had privilege over her sister. If you're obedient to God in difficult times, He will give you the strength to endure whatever is thrown at you, and He will give you relief when you need it most. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 29 as he begins his message, God's faithfulness in the midst of a messy world. It's not unusual for people to feel like at times in their life that they've messed up so badly that God's plan for their life is actually doomed to fail. I don't know if any of you have ever felt that way, but that's a very common thing for people. If that's you or someone you know, uh, what, do, what do people do? Some people give up on their faith. Some people seek out a counselor. Some people seek out a pastor, a mentor, a friend, uh, anybody who is willing to listen. And if they're a follower of Jesus, and if you're here, you're not, and you're watching online, or you're listening on the radio, or you're not, we're glad that you're with us, uh, they may suggest passages of Scripture to read. But if you want to see God remain faithful to his promises, despite his messy people, we have come to the right place. If you haven't been with us, we'll just recap a little bit. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham, uh, Abraham the man of faith, Isaac, the man of deception and lies, uh, and the son of Isaac. Both Abraham and Isaac were promised numerous descendants and that the messianic line would come through them. Abraham decided, and him and his wife decided to take a shortcut. Their wife, they couldn't have a child, and so his wife said to him, why don't you, you know, go have sex with my maidservant, and then we'll talk about that in a bit. And so they did that, and he had a son, but he was not the heir, and he ended up having to depart. Isaac had twins. His son, when they finally had the child that promised Isaac, he had twins, and God said the older would serve the younger, the younger would be the heir. But Jacob, he took a shortcut, and he decided to try and give it to his favorite son, and then Jacob had to depart. So the first time, the son that the, the illegitimate son, he was not illegitimate. It's no such thing as illegitimate kids. It's illegitimate parents. <laughs> and so the first guy, he had a, the, he did with the maid, Abraham's son, he had to leave. And now the, the second who was supposed to get the blessing, he had to depart as we saw in a previous study. So Jacob was sent to his uncle Laban far away to find a wife. And we saw that he met God on the way. Uh, and then when he gets there, he meets Rachel, she was just beautiful, and it was love at first sight, but he had no bride money. They were supposed to kind of, you know, offer something, and so he agreed to work for seven years for her, and do you remember, ladies, it was just like it flew right by, and you all went, oh, that's wonderful, and then the wedding night came, but Jacob was uh, tricked by Uncle Laban. So I want to go back to see what we covered. So look with me at chapter 29, verse 21. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. Seven years, he's like, hey, I want my woman, 
right? And uh, not your daughter, my wife. For my days are fulfilled. Some versions say my time is complete that I may go into her. Not very romantic, huh? Uh, he wants to sleep with her. Now, did Laban forget? Like, oh, yeah, I wasn't watching the calendar, man. I'm sorry. But Jacob didn't. He longs to be with Rachel. He loved her so much. Verse 22, and Laban gathered together all the men of the palace of the place and made a feast. We said it was more like a bachelor party. Uh, only the men were invited. It seemed like they were just getting drunk. Now, it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Now, wait a minute. That's the wrong woman. He's with, the, he's with the wrong woman. So the old, the old switcheroo on the wives, right? Uh, he's drunk, no electricity, no lights. They wore masks, you know, the, covering the veil. So he tricked her. And then verse 24 says, and, uh, and Laban, he acts like it's all okay, gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. Um, so it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. Now imagine how shocking that must have been. And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And remember, Jacob was a deceiver, so now he's being deceived. And Laban said, it must, be done so, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. He's like, well, I thought you knew about that stuff. We don't do that way. We don't do that way around here. Do you do that where you come from? And of course, the answer to that is yes. Verse 27, fulfill her week, all right? So go on your honeymoon, have a good time, all right? And, uh, and we will give you this one also. Really nice, talking about your daughter. We'll give you this one also. For the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel, as wife also. So he gets married and goes on a week-long honeymoon, comes back, gets married again. So now no wife all these years, and now two wives within a week. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as maid. So now he's got two wives and two maids, uh, four women in his life. Before he had none, four. Okay, ladies, just close your, if you're married, just close your eyes for a minute. How many of you are having trouble handling one? <laughs> and this guy's got four. Now, that's, now, it's not because my wife is, it's not because my wife's difficult, it's because I'm inept. So I want to be clear on, clear on that. So uh, then Jacob uh, also uh, went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. You got to bank that one. If you have your own Bible, you might want to underline that. And he served with Laban still another seven years. That's where we left off. So now the drama, you're like, there's a lot of drama already, Pastor Jim. Now the drama and the sadness begins. Yet, God, remember, God is making a people. And so we're going to see how they're messing up, but God's building his people. They become the Israelites. Verse 31. So we pick up now. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, Another important point. Another version says, neglected or hated. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah's going to have a child. Rachel was unable to conceive. Very, very painful thing for couples to go through, for sure. So Leah conceived and bore a son. Notice this. He doesn't love her, but he sleeps with her 
and still has a child with her. Now, all you women last week who went, ah, now you're like, men, <laughs> men. And she called his name Reuben. How many of you like Reuben sandwiches? Just a quick, uh, <laughs> all right. All right, so she called his name Reuben. And you t- I can't believe how many of you raised your hands. Um, and his, his name means to see. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on and seen my affliction. What's her affliction? That her husband can't stand her. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Simeon's name means hear me or listen to me. Verse 34, she conceived again and bore a son. And now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi, right? Levi blue jeans. (laughs) Levi means to be attached or to be joined. Moses and Aaron will come through this tribe. Verse 35, and she conceived again and bore a son. Now watch this. Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. That name means praise Then she stopped bearing. So she's not having any more kids after that. Maybe he's not sleeping with her anymore. Maybe Rachel was like, hey, that's enough. Four boys. I'm not going to sit here and watch this, and I'm done. Now, in the ancient world, names were important. So the names that Leah picks, notice she's the one picking them, reflects the struggles in her life. Today, you know, people pretty much pick names that they like. You know, just think about, you know, what do you like? What do you like? What do you like? You know, in our, in our family, I, I picked the boys' names, and Pam picked the girls' names, and well, we only had one girl. But um, other people change the spelling. You think you know how to spell a name, and they're like, no, 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 that's not the way we spell it. Or people just make up names, whatever. Um, I grew up in a, an Irish Catholic family, and back then, everybody was named uh, after one of the apostles or some Bible name. So, like, in my, in my Catholic school class, the teacher would go, uh, James, and like six guys would go, yes. <laughs> so my name is James Joseph, after the, the earthly father of Jesus. It's funny, I met a, a guy the other day. I'm James Joseph III. I met a guy the other day. He said, uh, he said, oh, your name is James. And I said, well, yeah, only my mother calls me that. Everybody calls me Jim. And he goes, that's my middle name. And uh, I said, oh, what's your first name? He said, Joe. I said, so, so you're Joe Joseph James. I said, yes. I said, I'm James Joseph, <laughs> right? So that's just kind of the way it was. And so the names that Leah picks shows us what does she want. She wants her husband to notice her, and she wants her husband to love her. You know, that's, that's really all she wants. And as many of you know, some people will do anything to feel loved, just absolutely anything. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad that you know, some people will do things and find out they'll be tricked and be lied to for stuff like that. So notice what's going on here. Two sisters. We know that Rachel was absolutely gorgeous. We're told that Leah's eyes were weak. I don't, we don't really even know what that means. The scholars don't really know for sure. Did it mean she couldn't see very far? Like, you know, I can't see. No, probably not. Same husband, two sisters. One, of, of course, is the, is the prettier one and the one that the husband's in love with. And she's, you know, loved much more than the other. However, in that culture, 
a woman's value was generally seen in the number of sons that she had. So she's got, Leah's got, even though she's the unloved one, she's got four sons. So she's winning, not to mention that Jacob is the bearer of the blessing of Abraham that then went to Isaac, then went to him to be the line of the Messiah. So the question is, who will get that blessing? Who will be the great, 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 great grandmother? They don't know how long it's going to take of of the Messiah. And as we move along, it doesn't even seem they care at all about it. So here we see something I think really interesting, that the Lord does not forget the forgotten. She's unloved, but the Lord sees her. And she doesn't, the Lord doesn't forget the forgotten. The Lord doesn't forget the neglected. The Lord doesn't forget the unwanted. The Lord doesn't forget the wronged. The Lord doesn't forget the used. The Lord doesn't forget the abused. The Lord doesn't forget the poor. The Lord doesn't forget anyone. It's important that you know, friend, that, that God sees you. Oh, yeah, Jacob wouldn't give Leah the time of day. But God sees you. He knows you. He knows what you are going through, good and bad. And I don't know about you, but when I look at things like this, that's a really appealing thing to me about God. That, you know, a lot of times when you know people are going through tough times, you're like, well, I, you kind of avoid them. But God just comes closer, or at least he's always been there. He just seems closer. In American culture that we worship comfort, that might not mean that much to you, but if you lived in a, under an oppressive situation or an oppressive country, that would mean a lot to you. In Leah's case, Jacob's deceiving of his father and her own father's dishonesty by plunking her in there result in her sorrow and tears. Once again, we said earlier that Abraham's, his grandfather's wife, Sarah, couldn't give Abraham a son, and, and she took a shortcut. She said, take my maid, Hagar. Now, Abraham could have said no. Men. <laughs> but then she had a baby, and it was a son, but Sarah hated Hagar, her maid servant for it, and her son Ishmael, but the Lord didn't hate them. Why would, why would the Lord be so merciful to these people? Because that's just the way he is. That's just, just the way he is, even with his messy, messy people. So you may be here tonight, and you're just a hot mess. You're listening you're like, I'm messed up. I'm, I couldn't even get in my car and drive to church tonight. I wanted to come, but I'm such a hot mess. I, I, I don't really want to be seen by anybody. And the Lord's like, I, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I'm fine. Come on. Come closer. Let's talk. Certainly, this should motivate us to think about others differently, shouldn't it? I mean, we have received a lot of grace if you are a follower of Jesus, you have received a lot of grace. And remember, we say this often around here, we never want to be a cul-de-sac of grace. We never want to be just like a dead end of grace. We want to be a highway of grace. We want it to, to come to us, and God gives us more than we can handle, and then pass it on to, to others as well. 
God often quickly forgives. And may that motivate all of us to live the same way. That doesn't mean you tolerate certain things that just are beyond limits, but, but you, know, you don't want to live your life in just a life of just angry with people all the time. What about Jacob now? I wonder what's going on in his mind. Is he starting to think right now, am I, am I with the wrong woman? Like, like, what's going on here? Wife number one has four sons and wife number two has none. What's, what's going on here? I don't know. Did, did he start to wonder, like, you know, all the sin in my life, the, the deception with my father, tricking my father to try to steal my steal the, the birthright, even though it was mine anyway. Is that, and, and my brother trying to cheat my brother out of things, is that all coming back to haunt me? You know, is it, is it what goes around comes around? Is a karma man? Like, like, what's going on here? Yet, this is what's so sad. He can't find it within himself to love Leah. He just can't. You, you know, maybe you're here and you're, you're younger. Sex does not equal love. And sometimes people learn that the hard way. And having a baby doesn't equal love. And so it's, it's you, she's thinking, well, if I just, just give him what he wants, then, then she, he's going to love me. But that's not what happens. You know, we said Jacob takes no part in naming the boys. Uh, maybe he's angry with the meaning of the names, too. And then we come into chapter 30, says verse 1, Now Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children. Rachel envied her sister. She's not happy for her. She, she's jealous of her. And she said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. Another version says, I, Or else I will die or I shall die. That's just, what, what is that? That's pain and frustration talking, right? She's not going to just die from not having a child, but inside, she's dying on the inside. And, and there's just part of her that she's just, this pain, and, and it's just too much. Now look at verse 2. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit or the offspring, or the children of the womb? Quite honestly, could you think of a worse answer than that? I mean, that's got to be the stupidest answer I have ever heard in my life. Your wife comes to you, and she's painful because she can't have a child, and you're like, what do you think, I'm God? That's like, spend the next year on the couch. Really. That, that's just horrible. So what happens in her pain, Rachel unloads on Jacob. And those of you who aren't married, that's part of what marriage is. Sometimes your spouse is just going to unload on you. They're just, you know, they, they get away with it with you because you're not going to, you know, too much paperwork to fill out to end your marriage. So it's all right. You know, tomorrow's another day. But, but so they, she just unloads on him. And, and the thing is, she wants something good, doesn't she? She wants a good thing. Also, who knows? Maybe she's afraid of losing her husband. <clears throat> maybe she's like, hell, listen, maybe he's going to take off with the baby factory. I don't know. 
Just keep, just keep making, you know, more kids. Mix that with, it says Rachel saw no, no babies for her and her sister. Of all people, her sister's just pumping them out. Boys, in fact. Remember we said that's how you really were valued in that culture if you had boys. And she exclaims that she will die if she does not have children. And sadly, when we get to chapter 35, that's exactly how she's going to die. She's going to die in childbirth. How sad this situation. Two sisters, both jealous of each other. I'm jealous of this sister because she's so beautiful and he loves her the most. And I'm so jealous of this sister because she's the one having all the kids. Both of them in so much pain and they can't even share in their pain together because jealousy has just just gripped their hearts. They're all alone in their pain. There's something here that's really missing that Sarah, Abraham's wife, and Rebecca, Isaac's wife, had the same issue. They couldn't have children, but it went on for much, much longer. It went on for a much longer time. And the rivalry was different, that there was only one wife with each of them. But here's what was really different. Both Abraham and Isaac prayed to the Lord about their situation. There's absolutely no evidence of Jacob doing that here. Remember, he met the, the Lord in, in Bethel, and the ladder came down from heaven, and he met God and had that encounter with God. But ever since then, it seems like he kind of forgot it. And that's a lot of people that have an encounter with God, but they, they don't pursue him anymore. And so he's, he's just he's sort of out there. And he's got, well, I got all these other women. We're going to see they start, you know, doing a lot of different stuff. I think one of the things that a lot of us need to remember, and some of you may find this like horribly convicting, it it is, I think, for all of us, is a lot of times people complain about unanswered prayer. Do you ever hear anybody complaining about unanswered prayer? But a lot of times it's really not unanswered prayer, it's unprayed prayers. Like we think we've been praying, but we really haven't been praying. You know, you're just like, well, I've been praying about it. And you got it, then you're like, the Lord's like, really? Who have you been praying to? I, I haven't heard you praying about this. And so sometimes we, we think that prayers are unanswered, but maybe they're just unprayed. Jacob's answer is just, it is beyond awful. It is beyond awful. It's important to remember this. That even if you think your theology is right, it is not always helpful. Can I say that again? And, I'm, and you know me, I'm a, I'm a theology geek. But a lot of times your theology might be right, but it's not always helpful. Hebrews 9.27 says this. And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So God knows the day and the time someone's going to die. Okay? God knows. And you'll hear people say stuff to people like, 
Well, it was just their time. So casually. You wait till it's somebody close to you. And you're going to be like, excuse me, would you mind just taking the knife out of my back here for a second? Because that is not always the most helpful thing to say to people. You see, having your theology right does not throw sensitivity out the door. You know, it's, if you read any of the writing from the great reformer, John Calvin, he basically thought that God was in control of every single little thing that happened. And, and yet, they have letters of him writing to people in this congregation. There was one letter they have of him writing to a young woman who lost her husband at a young age. And this is what he wrote, we do not know why God allows such things. You, you might say, well, he's kind of shaving his theology. I would say, no, he's being a pastor. He's being a Christian. He's being a loving brother. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.